I kind of want to do that now. Like, I kind of really do. Very well. Let us begin. Church <laughs> in space. Welcome, everybody, to our newest episode of Church in Space. In 3D! Man, they are getting so good at that, folks. So, our topic today, why are humans special? Humans are very special. So special. <laughs> Supposedly. Supposedly we are. I'm not sure we are, though. But Oh, we're definitely special. Yeah. <laughs> the three of us. That is certainly true. Uh-huh. Amen. Episode done. Our shortest podcast ever. ever. We did it. We right. did it. We set out an accomplishment last week to have the shortest possible podcast with great content. And it lasted, what, maybe 30 seconds? There you go. Awesome. This has been Church in Space in, in 3D. 3D. Man, they don't even need me anymore. Well, okay. Is this the next episode now? Okay. Yeah. Part two. So there's like this trope in in science fiction where like the humans are special for some reason. And the aliens are like, they either recognize humanity's potential or they're afraid of humanity's potential. You know, like there's something, there's some indefinable quality about humanity mm-hmm. that either is threat or promise. I don't know. There's like the cartoon Titan AE. Yes. You, you yeah. know, yeah. where like the, the energy beans like literally blow up the planet and their only explanation in the cartoon. The, it's a great cartoon, but <laughs> this part's a little weak because like their only explanation is that two line bit of dialogue that goes, and they were afraid of humanity's potential. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's all we get. Yeah, yeah. Like a mass genocide. Like, yeah. is that what the diplomats said? Like they came out and was like, well, they're about to blow up the planet because of our potential. Yeah. This is what in the biz we call. Lazy writing. Right, lazy writing. Mm-hmm. It, it's a great movie, though, other than that. Yeah. That little bit. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking that, like, if you read the backstory to a lot of, like, the StarCraft stuff, that's why, like, the Zerg are trying to infest humanity. Some kind of, like, psionic potential in humanity that will help them against the Protoss. It's like that. I, I don't know. There's lots of other examples of this, probably, yeah. right? There's this trope that's in science fiction. And I'm kind of wondering, is this simply... Sci-fi writers are lazy and they need a reason to explain why Mm -hmm. humans are important. Or is this like some leftover thing from, you know, Genesis describes us being created in the image of God, right? Biblically, there's this concept of like that humanity has this special place. So is that some kind of residual leftover from that in our culture or is it just lazy writing? I think it's a combination, but I don't think it's actually residual of that in our culture Mm -hmm. per se. We always compare ourselves to other animals, right? Mm-hmm. Our spirit animal is never another human. Yeah, right, Our spirit right, right. animal is always something else. And it's because, essentially, we're jealous. We don't have talons. You know, mm-hmm. Our nails are almost useless except for helping us pick things up. Yeah, Julia definitely has talons. <laughs> There's a reason why we couldn't play Egyptian rat screw going up, because Julia's nails were like seriously just claws. So we would never play with her. <laughs> They're fragile, right? They'll break off if you're in a fight with I a saber tooth. I had cat. a couple of good gashes that like <laughs> th- it stuck in. Right, human to human, they work well. Yeah. I remember a Dick Tracy comic mm. where the mm-hmm. villain grew his nails long and then filed one edge on each nail, razor sharp, mm. and that's how he killed people. He'd walk up to them and slash their throats with his hand. 
Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, what uh, kind of cereal is he eating that his nails are that hard? Right. <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. Right. You know, what you're saying is exactly it. Compared to mm-hmm. a lion, you yeah. know, a large cat, nothing. Yeah. The strength of our simian brothers and sisters, you know, that great apes. Mm-hmm. Their proportionate strength is amazing compared to us. We get fat and flabby really fast. Mm-hmm. Speed, ability to jump. I mean, boom, 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 boom. All we've really got are our brains. Mm-hmm. And that's what sets us apart. It's nice having opposable digits, but the brains are the big thing. Mm-hmm. We just don't respect intellect enough for that to be enough <laughs> yeah. for our homo sapien self-esteem. Right. <laughs> So we build ourselves up in in Mm -hmm. fiction. We make God conform to us. The Bible says we're made in God's image. Mm -hmm. In reality, the writer was saying, I'm making God in our image. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. But he's a cloud. Okay, if if you've never seen, (laughs) Drew is referring to the Reform series of videos where God is always a cloud that has a hand that gives a thumbs up or a thumbs down. <laughs> also in Monty Python, he's a cloud? Yeah, in yeah, Monty yeah, Python, yeah. he is a cloud. Yeah. That's true, that's true. And I'm pretty sure in Scripture, he's also a cloud. He descends as a cloud. There's a different, okay. you know. The cloud mm-hmm. kind of like follows you. <laughs> the cloud is like the advance warning party. That, that like, the Lord cometh. I am the cloud of justice. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know... <laughs> Thunder and lightning and fire and all that fun stuff, you know? So I think it's more bias mm-hmm. because following up with the low self-esteem, it's we're always trying to, one, exclude people mm-hmm. and make ourselves feel better. Mm-hmm. Like that's why humans are, even if they're taken over by some overlord, are mm-hmm. always the scrappy people that always fight back. Mm-hmm. Whereas probably that came from everyone's writing. Mm-hmm. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the literate people read the Bible throughout history. Mm-hmm. Like some kind of text that say, hey, you are chosen by God, you are in God's image, mm-hmm. regardless of what religion. Like the Greek gods aren't blobs. They're very specifically in human form. Yeah. So act, they even act human. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, they make demigods, mm-hmm. so they have to be human for that to happen. Yeah. That's how you kill them. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> so how do you kill a cloud? Right. <laughs> With a fan, a very large fan. Yeah. Got it. So just everyone blow at once. Whoosh. I feel like that carried on through history that mm-hmm. every, like we make the humans or we make this group of people fight the aliens, whether that's the aliens from another planet, the mm-hmm. aliens from the people next door. Mm-hmm. It's always around one audience of humans. Yeah. It's another, another way sci-fi reflects yeah. real human yeah. culture, right? Mm-hmm. Because... Every country thinks their country is the best. Every mm-hmm. culture, you know, through history, every culture has been, we are the chosen ones. Mm-hmm. You know, God X or Y <laughs> yeah. has chosen us to be the special people. Mm-hmm. It's all centric to where you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think that just carries over. In sci-fi, it carries over to being mm-hmm. humanity. Yeah. 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 There's a science fiction series called Dread Empire's Fall, which like isn't all that great. But, like, it, it has an interesting premise. And the interesting premise is, like, it begins with the humans just getting clobbered by the aliens. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, just when the aliens build new battleships, they name them after, like, victories on Earth. So there's, like, the bombardment of Los Angeles. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. You know, like, like, the, like, the aliens just, you know, which is different, right? Because, yeah. like, most sci-fi doesn't begin with, like, the humans just outright losing. And so, like, here the humans are. They're just one small part of this 
large intergalactic empire, you know, that like just got clobbered. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, like, what does it mean to be human in this multi-species, large galactic empire? Yeah. Where, like, you were just one more species that got conquered along the way. The rest of the series isn't all that great. But, you know, like, the yeah. premise was in, was promising, you know? Yeah. And it was a promising, like, yeah, that'd be interesting. Or, like, the nation thing. Like, this always drives me a little crazy in sci-fi. Like, the aliens come and suddenly all the countries unite. One, I don't think that's how it would work. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, two, I think a more, far more interesting would be, like, the aliens start invading and then, like, far more interesting premise, will Russia, like, sell us out to the aliens? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at... <laughs> like, you know, to, like... So they get yeah. the tech first. Yes, they get the yeah. tech first. Like, you like know. look at Independence Day when, oh, finally, the Americans are doing something. Right, now uh, we get to do something. Right, now we get to do something. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. In real life, like, one of those yeah. people is like, hey, we'll help you take the resources if you yeah. just take us with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I admit I'm being Polly Dana on mm-hmm. this. But I think it depends on how we encounter the aliens. I think under certain circumstances, Mm -hmm. and this is where, yes, I'm Pollyanna, but Mm -hmm. I think humanity will unite Mm -hmm. because we'll finally face the fact, you know, why have nationalism, why have racism? Mm -hmm. From any truly empirical standpoint, both are amazingly illogical. Yeah. You know, because they they hamper potential, they hamper development, they hamper growth that could be done if the species was all together. And so I think... Depending on how we encounter the aliens, it could, in fact, unite us mm-hmm. because we realize, you know, what's important is we're all from Earth. Right. Mm-hmm. This is where we're home. Yeah. And, and these guys are the other now. Yeah. We have that need, again, going back to that self-esteem from mm-hmm. the ancient of days, we have that need to appoint someone to be the other that we fight. Like you've mm-hmm. talked about in many sermons, yeah. the scapegoat yeah. principle. Right. If the encounter goes a particular way. Mm-hmm the aliens become the other and we stop all this nonsense amongst ourselves. Mm. But again, it depends. I mean, there's the whole mirror universe set up of how the mirror universe yeah, the split mirror, off right. from the regular universe in right. Star Trek was in our timeline, we welcomed the Vulcans and thought, way cool, we can get together with because aliens Because the Enterprise now. E was there. Right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that the split timeline, mm-hmm. the origin of the mirror universe is where instead we killed the Vulcans when they arrived and stole their tech, mm-hmm. and then went off and conquered the galaxy. This is off topic, but okay. I'm going to pose this question, because this is what drives me crazy about Star Trek time episodes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I will tell you flat out the gate, the okay. thing I find them to be lazy writing to. Right, okay. So go ahead. Did the Enterprise-E's presence in the past create the conditions for Cochrane welcoming the Vulcans instead of shooting them, which means that the Enterprise-E is actually responsible for its own existence. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. What's it called when, like, the universe creates something in order to create itself? Oh, something Genesis. Um, yeah. In order to create itself, it created itself. Yeah. Which is just a weird concept, but yes, it was definitely there mm-hmm. because it was already there yeah. and forever will be there. Yeah. Right. They set up yeah. the fact that Cochran was getting, basically, he was giving up. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. ah, you know, one more setback and I'm not going to develop the warp drive. Right. Damn mm-hmm. it, there's another setback. Okay, I'm not going to develop. I'm just right. going to sit here and get drunk. Right. It was the, the crew of the Enterprise. Right. The crew e got him to said, do it. No, yeah. Zephyrim, you can do it. Right. By gum. Yeah. You know? It's like, by, yeah, it's this weird thing where it's like, and does that mean that actually the mirror universe is actually the prime universe? I never looked at because it that it, way. Because it never had any interference from the Enterprise-E. Yeah. Or it, it could be a completely separate one. 
Because if it was one to another, then there's another one after that. Yeah, I mean, in reality, I think mm-hmm. they would say it's it's just parallel. It's not. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of yeah. think there's a possibility that that uninhibited, the natural flow goes toward the mere universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So does that mean also the natural flow of grooming goes towards goatees? For Absolutely. <laughs> I think so. I think facial hair definitely because facial hair is big in the mirror universe. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. The only, that's how you know somebody's evil. Is, right. Is, yes. Is goatees. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Dan, you're the only one with a goatee here. Oh, my secret is out. <laughs> I've come over. He's from the evil universe. Get him. <laughs> I'm merely part of the advance guard. Getting back on topic. Getting back on topic. What? That's odd for us. How dare you? I. I I try. Yeah. I, I get us enough off topic <laughs> that if I get us enough back on it, it kind of somewhat equals out. Equals You've out. become our de facto topic policeman. I've heard the term wrangler. Well, actually, for us, that fits. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Topic cowboy. No, it, yeah, you're probably right that it is like this combination of low self esteem combined with lazy writing. Yeah. With writing, too, yeah. it's write what you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know humans. So. I know humans, right. <laughs> but also the chaotic nature of mm-hmm. humans. Like, how many times have we gone to war for nothing more than, like, oil? Or this man insulted me. Now I have mm-hmm. to duel him. Right. Like, yeah. We as humans are very chaotic. So it kind of makes sense that in writing, mm-hmm. we're still chaotic and people want to take us over so mm-hmm. that they can kind of put us in our place (laughs) for the good of society yeah and like we're never referred to as a mature planet Mm -hmm. like we're always like a young planet just figuring itself out yeah yeah so we're always a young planet so you would think that oh they're a young planet i have to knock them down a peg that's why i feel like that makes sense on the aliens part but at the same time it's like why can't we be like teens and just be angsty all the time, <laughs> and just be left to the corner. You're <laughs> saying we need to have now an emo class planet? Yes. <laughs> no, that planet needs to be nuked from there. <laughs> I will support Death Star in that planet. Yes. Yeah, don't, you don't go to that planet. It's just a bunch of emo kids walking around listening to Green Day. And <laughs> oh, God. Oh, save us. <laughs> Arthur C. Clarke's short story, spoiler alert, if you ever read this, but this alien federation, they patrol to check in on other civilizations, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're benevolent. and But they kind of assume that, like, people, societies progress technologically slowly. So they checked in on Earth 6,000 years ago. And they're like, they can't possibly have invented radio by now. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they figure out not only have they invented radio, but they've invented all these hyper-advanced devices. But the problem is that Earth's star is about to go supernova. And they, they go to Earth and they find nothing's left there, oh, you know, yeah. that, that except for like this one lone like radio telescope that's like pointing somewhere. And they eventually follow it and they discover this huge fleet of rocket ships. And they're like blown away because they're like, these people didn't have radio 200 years ago. Like they're the, the newest hmm. civilization. How can they be doing this? And it ends on this line where one of the crew members says, Ha ha, I don't know if I want them to join our federation. What if they don't like us? <laughs> and then oh. it, the, the story ends on hmm. 10 years later, it wasn't so much of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I like that and, better. Yeah. Who's, but, who's the guy that wrote Guns of the South? He, he kind of. Turtle Dove. Turtle Dove. Yeah, yeah, Turtle yeah, Dove. Yeah. He had another series, another alternate history series. Mm-hmm. That's kind of similar. Is that the one where the aliens invade during World War II? World War II, II exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the same premise in <laughs> that they couldn't believe they had sent probes right. and they saw us back in the early medieval period. Uh-huh. Yeah. And all the other species 
including themselves that they've ever encountered, uh-huh. develop incredibly slowly. Right. Yeah. And so they thought, okay, well, come, we'll invade Earth, piece of cake. Right. But yeah. they get here, and we have nuclear bombs. Right. Yeah. And they're not ready for that, <laughs> yeah. you know, much less gunpowder and projectiles. And right. so, like, yeah, that, yeah, that plays into the whole... Isn't that the Kree and the Inhumans? Like, didn't they come to Earth, I think, in... Like, I'm, I'm, there's, like, a bunch of different storylines, but... I'm pretty sure they came to Earth and they had the Terrigen like mm-hmm. somehow implanted in various places of the Earth because they thought, hmm, if we implant the Terrigen, eventually when we're we come back, you know, everyone will be Cree. And then no, it ended up being inhumans mm-hmm. and we have massive powers and screw you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> screw you, Cree. Which yeah. is kind of the basic point of most yeah, rights. The, yeah. the coolest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I like that concept. Now, yeah. It's not that yeah. we're we're nascently special, but we're not special yet. We haven't yeah, developed. Yeah. Right. I like that one more than a lot of the others, just because yeah. some people really develop it well. Kubrick and Clark touched on it in 2001 when yes. Dave becomes the star child. Yeah, right, right, right. But Larry Niven has a novel that... That's almost accidental, too, by the end yeah. of the series, right? Because like it revealed that like the computer, the, like the, that he was malfunctioning... That those monoliths are like oh. giant artificial intelligences, basically, yes, and like yes. w- it was malfunctioning, you know. And so, like, transcendence by accident is a fascinating yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although, <laughs> that's kind of like what happens with the Inhumans and yeah. a lot of the other stories. We bump into something we shouldn't have. Right. Mm. But Nevins is fascinating. The whole premise is something has gone wrong with us genetically, mm-hmm. and we never develop past. Basically, this is what we are now is our larval stage, mm-hmm. and we never develop past that. But mm-hmm. this one person ends up having the rest of his genetic code activated. Mm-hmm. And so he goes into his pupa stage mm-hmm. and emerges as what humans are actually supposed to be, mm. which is much cooler than we actually are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's really good because it explores mm-hmm. that whole – and in fact, he comes to understand with his intellect super activated mm-hmm. that getting back to what we've been talking about before, that aliens are eventually going to find us mm-hmm. and they're not going to want us to achieve our potential because we'll be a threat. Right. So he ends up going out and establishing his own base on Pluto to be a guardian. Right. Basically be what's his name and Dr. Manhattan. Oh, yeah. I'm tired of these people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but that's like X-Men. That's totally like I'm I'm saying, okay, that's Apocalypse. That's X-Men. The X-Men are supposed to be like the next generation. Uh, of superior. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm just like, that's X-Men. It's rare to find a truly new sci-fi development, right? Everything's derivative. I was reading James Corey, who does the uh, the Expanse series, yeah. you know, and he was he had an interesting point where somebody was like, "Did you get this from Mass Effect the games?" And he goes, "Well, no, I and Mass Effect got it from this author who got it from this author." Yeah. He's like, "Because we're all just derivative in the end, yeah. <laughs> you know." He's like, "Unless you're actually like Asimov, who even he got it from Gibbon." Yeah, and even then, I mean, you can see science fiction actually evolved out of Gothic literature, right? right? Take John Williams as an example, like how much of his scores are just based on the planets. Right. Like when I heard Jupiter and then I heard Mars, I'm like, crap. Okay, that's the attack on Yavin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's the Imperial March. Yeah, right. That brings us to the point, like because everything is so derivative of everything else, Mm -hmm. that's why humans are always victims. 
notorious race. Yeah. Also, just to get on the practical side, mm-hmm. there's the audience to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if you know your books are going to sell, or going way back, if we take the derivative story mm-hmm. all the way back, mm-hmm. as Og and Nug were sitting around the campfire, mm-hmm. you know, Nug is my audience. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to be captivated by my story, right? then Nug or someone Nug identifies with mm-hmm. has to end up being the special person, the hero, you know, the right, hero right, of the story. Right, right, right. So I think it also ultimately devolves around that. We're mm-hmm. not going to go see a movie in droves where we or someone like us are the good guys, you know, where humans are the bad guys, the yeah. other side wins, yeah. humanity is destroyed, and everybody's happy about it. <laughs> Then I don't we know. Annihilated how those pesky humans. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't think that's going to be the big blockbuster movie no. that Marvel's going to want to right. add to their profit yeah. sheet. You know? Oh, I feel like that's a Michael Bay thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of do like, yeah, it's not Marvel. It's not like any of the big right. series. Like, beat Michael Bay is going to be finally like, I hate everyone around me. I'm going to write <laughs> yeah, this movie. I hate these humans. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's a subtopic here about how like that specialness is always becoming more than human. Like the the 2001 Space Odyssey, Dave becomes Star Child. Yeah. You know, he's not just Dave anymore. There is a, maybe we should hold this for another time. Like there's a subtopic of like transcendence. Yeah. Also how humans are never satisfied with themselves. Yeah, right. Well, I think that's part of it, right? About how like. Which still gets back to self-esteem, but yeah. Yeah, right. But it gets back to self-esteem. But like to be special, we must transcend being human yeah mm. and like actually the call of scripture is to be creaturely you know which is an interesting yeah. kind of like pushback and yet we refuse to see it that way yeah right mm-hmm. if you look at look at the common way people practice christianity mm. and what they espouse right and it gets back to when you die you'll go to heaven you'll and be, you'll, you'll become an angel right even if they're still willing to talk about your physicality mm. with a resurrection what do you have you have your body in its perfect form right which yeah. is a sphere, according to Origin. Yeah, Origin kind of thought that our resurrected bodies would all be little floating spheres. <laughs> Sargon from Star Trek. Yeah, Again, it all comes back yeah. to Star Trek. It all comes back to Star Trek. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, that's our own planet. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's, that's, that's planet Andrew Nelson. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Drew's home world. Right. <laughs> Please yeah, enjoy no, your it stay. Is, it is a hard thing, right? I mean, the call to be creaturely, because we are, in fact, creatures... And we, you know, this is what Satan tempts Adam with, right? Yeah. It's like, you will be like God. The primal sin, if you will, is the desire to not be creaturely. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, you will be like God. Ergo, Adam, the first human, was mm-hmm. also the first sentient with low self-esteem. Right, with low It's all back to <laughs> I'm not good enough the right. way I am. I'm not good enough the way... Well, right, I think that is it, right? That's exactly it. Like, I'm not good enough the way... God hath created me. Mm-hmm. I must need something else. And that apple is just the thing. Right. <laughs> that Apple Watch will do it. Yeah. The new iPhone. Right. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Apple. Fulfill all your needs. <laughs> we'll make you more than you are. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's a really good... <laughs> For Apple, that's a really, yeah, that'd be good... A really good pitch. Well, on to our game. So we decided for our game today that what is your favorite, and we're going to do small starship, right? So this mm-hmm. isn't like Galaxy Class Explorer Battleship Flagship. But this okay. Is like, so we're not talking why men like to buy big cars. No, this no, is that's like... that's why men buy giant starships. Right, yeah, <laughs> buy giant starships. Right, 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 right. But surely medicine will have by then... That's genetics. Yeah, that's... It hurts out. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
my self-esteem just went way down into the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord, forgive us. Those are some warped nacelles you've got there. No, I refuse. I'm done. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I resign call right here. <laughs> Dan can preach for me outside. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, okay, so we're doing smaller starships. Like, not the big, like, over the top cruisers, yeah. cruisers, yeah. battleships, that kind of stuff, but like smaller ships. Okay. I can't remember what the name is mm-hmm. because I haven't watched it recently, but the Mandalorian ship. Oh, uh, yeah. What's it called? Right. The new one? Yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember what it was. I mean, because they don't directly call it out until he's like landing. Although, but anyway, the like, new Waffle Maker, the Boba Fett Waffle Maker has it. I'm sorry, what? There's a Boba Fett Waffle Maker now. <laughs> Okay, why don't we have one here? <laughs> I know, we'll have to get one for the church kitchen. Okay, but so on, the, the budget on one side meeting. of the waffle, it does Boba Fett, and the yeah. other side, it's his ship. The Razor Crest. Razor, Razor Crest, Crest. Okay. that's it. Which yes. sounds like sounds like a trendy gastropub. It does. It does <laughs> the like... Mandalorian gastropub, the Razor Crest. Yeah, it does kind of sound like a small microbrewery somewhere, doesn't <laughs> it? Coming to Short North in 2023. It's an ST-70 <laughs> assault ship is what its mm-hmm. technical classification is. And cafe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it's got espresso. And, it's got um, and beer. Hall. It's got it's got a, a great frozen section, right? <laughs> and yeah. blasters, yeah, <laughs> and blasters. But like that, as a small ship, it is so badass on the inside. As like it can't like really fight well, but at the same time, you have you know, and you, that's mm-hmm. actually what makes it a good ship because yeah. like it's not like it's a. It's a small ship that can also stand up to a battle cruiser. You yes. know, like this thing gets beat up on a regular basis. Yeah. Yes. Like gets its butt handed to it, you know. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, they took it apart and they put it back together. Uh-huh, right. Like like if you can do that to a ship uh, without a advanced degree like right. the way that the Mandalorians and the Jawas did, mm-hmm. that means it's an awesome ship. Yes. Right. right. Like the original Volkswagen. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, you could just you could, like, with one arm take the engine that out, it, rebuild it, 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 and put it back in. And yeah, it yeah. clearly has limits is what partially what makes it a very good ship. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that it's yeah. not trying to, like... Because I have this problem with, like, the X-Wing. The X-Wing's a little insane the more you think about it. Like, it's a one... Technically needs two people, right? It needs a droid and a pilot. Right. And, like, this thing has photon torpedo launchers. It's got a, it's got a hyperdrive, four lasers like yeah. you know this this thing's bordering on like it's not really a fighter anymore <laughs> yeah that, that's why like clone wars right yeah. to, to go they have to take their little fi- jedi fighters mm-hmm. and they have to mount them inside hyperdrive mm-hmm. units yeah right so yours is the jedi starships no oh okay so what's yours mine which may surprise people because mm-hmm. i tend to be very partial to the runabouts on star trek mm-hmm. but serenity Oh, yeah. no, that's a really good one. That's a good one. You took mine, but yeah, oh, yeah, but that's okay. Too. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Serenity. Yes. You yes. know, it's yeah. used. It's yeah. falling apart all the time. Yeah. And anything yes. is real to me. Yeah. Serenity really. Gosh. Yeah. It would have been, that show sort of, it was too good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just good enough mm. and they never made more, which is why it's still good. Yeah, I think we could have yeah. squeezed two or three seasons out of. Oh, like, absolutely! Yeah, because the movie it. was yeah. really good. Yeah, the movie was yeah. good, it but was, it had to tie yeah. up too many loose ends. Yeah, uh-huh. you know that really deserved. Right. Yeah. Like Preacher. Right. Yeah. His departure and what he was doing. There's yeah. so many other cool things. Yeah. Yeah. But they are um, rebooting it. I didn't know that. Yeah, Disney's rebooting it. 
That'll be interesting because I don't know if I can adjust to Different anyone cast. but Nathan Fillion being Mel. For yeah, example, yeah, the whole cast actually was perfect. It had a great yeah. dynamic. Right, the whole yeah. cast was perfect. Wash is the best. <laughs> it'll also be interesting to see what it is as a non because that's a Joss Whedon yeah. thing, yeah. right? And it'll be yeah. interesting because obviously it's not going to be given his difficulties. Right, there's it's no way gonna, they're going to let him. Right, so like it'll be interesting what a non Joss Whedon. J.J. Abrams or the Russo brothers. That's what I'm I guessing. Refuse. <laughs> See, I, I, if it's J.J. Abrams, I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind the lens flares. I mind the fact that the dude cannot dismount from a storyline to save his life. <laughs> like <laughs> That's why he has to do it over an entire season, because he starts in episode one. By the time it's episode four, the one story. No, but line. even in like television. Like I watched I watched all every seasonal, every episode of Lost. <laughs> and like I actually found the, the last season a lot better than a lot of people did. You know, I'll defend it. But, like, the dude, even then, like, cannot wrap up a story. <laughs> like, he can get you in the middle of something, and you're like, this is really interesting. How's it going to wrap up? It's like, oh, wait, it's J.J. Abrams. So it's not going to wrap so up. So it's not going to wrap up <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. And Pastor. What is mine? Let's see. What You see, you took mine. So uh, I'm going to go newer property, talking about The Expanse. Uh, oh, the Rio ooh. Conte, right? The yeah. little ship that they're like, yeah. that they steal from the Martian battlecruiser that like they're in the whole time. I really like the principle behind that. Like the hero ship is not this battlecruiser, but it's yeah. this like little frigate thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like yeah. this tiny Which little they actually alien. exploit. Yeah. 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 To survive. Right. To survive like all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, and like. Uh, that it's not the the heaviest arm thing, and it's yeah. not the the strongest vessel out there. Like you know, the Martian battlecruisers are better and all that yeah. stuff. But yeah. like, um, it's quickly become one of my favorite little ships. I would do something like the Runabout, but I have two problems there. One, I don't like DS Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've brought that up before. I know, right? <laughs> I brought that up before. Two, like the Runabout's almost too durable for like what it mm. is. Like you see those Runabouts standing up to like. Jim Hadar battleships, you know, yeah. and I'm like, okay, come on, this thing would, no, yeah, <laughs> it's two... not even the size of a PT boat, and R- yeah, yeah, right, like two people are flying around this thing that can take on like Borg cubes, you know, and I'm like, come on, just a second, like, yeah. why is that the Federation just building billions of these things? <laughs> like, it'd be clear... cheaper, it yeah. would be right, yeah. like you and the uh, the Family Guy for uh, Empire Strikes Back where yeah. it's um, uh, Dax Justin goes with his snow spear goes out into space and is like right next to a Star Destroyer yeah, right. I got this guys I got this guys and then just takes one laser right. yes <laughs> right exactly. that's true yeah. whereas you know the roundabout or the uh, it's about the same size and uh-huh. it would destroy it right it would just destroy you know it's like that's always my biggest problem with like the run I grant that all that happened uh, in it but I've always seen the runabout more as an intergalactic or a galactic RV. <laughs> yeah, as a as a way to get them off the space station, it's a yeah. brilliant like plot device yeah. to get them off. You know the promenade on yeah. DS9. Yeah. I mean, unlike a normal shuttlecraft, uh-huh. it's big enough that you can see people it's being a, on it for several right. days without I, going stir crazy. I, I always think it's a little like it's a little implausible how tough it is, but it is very plausible in that they they did think through well. Here's a not quite a full fledged starship but more than a shuttlecraft, mm-hmm. like a space station would actually need a purpose-built vehicle yeah. like this, yeah. Yeah. you know. But yeah, I mean, the other thing I like about the, the Expanse, yeah, the Expanse is, the, again, the, this is the physicist in me. But the physics it's, all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's yeah. all scientifically plausible. Right. He, he's got, 
he developed, and you have to because people have to get places fast or the plot drags down. Right. It's kind the, of the that Epstein, backstory of the Ep- this yeah. Epstein, the Epstein drive. drive yeah. It's a little weird, but. But it's still not an FTL. Right. So it's just pushing known physics, but everything, mm. you know, they don't have artificial gravity. Mm-hmm. It's all due to acceleration and deceleration. So when, you know, when they're getting ready to decelerate to go someplace, they have that moment where they've got to turn the ship around. Right. Yeah. And they're weightless. Right. For that time. Right. And real weightless things happen. You know, right. if they didn't have anything secured, it bonks them in the head. Or, right, right. I love that aspect. Yeah, it's a it's a good little ship. Yeah. You know, and it looks good, too, on television. Like, it's good. Yeah, it works all around. I am slightly disappointed in Stan that we did not say the TARDIS or the uh, the captain's yacht. Oh, I like the, the captain's yacht could work, but, but yeah. TARDIS, it's come on, it's an entire universe. Yeah, it's just way overpowered. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's up there with the large, when we talk about large ships. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's where the TARDIS belongs, right. gotcha. because really it's humongous. Right, it's a pocket it's universe, big around the inside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if we're talking about interior dimensions, it's got to wait for that. I'm not even sure it qualifies as a starship. It travels among the stars, it does, but and like, yet does it because it's a pocket universe. Right, all that really happens is it shifts located. the interface right. to a different section of our universe. No, it definitely goes around. Gallifrey for sure. It goes in and out of atmospheres for sure. But the actual thing itself is like its own. It's its own universe, universe. its own pocket. It's dimension. just moving the universe around it. Right. So, so like, is the universe the vehicle actually? Wow. <laughs> 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 a universe. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> there we go. See, we're better. That's better. I'll take that. I'll take that. What's the drive in uh, the Douglas Adams books? The, the like, improbability. Yeah, drive. the yeah. improbability. Drive. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that would be a great TARDIS. Uh, Although that brings us yeah. back to our topic du jour. Mm-hmm. In that, Douglas Adams, humans are not special. Oh, no. The you know, we're just <laughs> yeah. gnats that have to be dealt with. You know. He might be the only guy who did that, actually, in a compelling way. Ironically, or paradoxically, very realistically, too. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> also, Martin Freeman and um, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Movie. Right. Yeah, oh, movie Rickman was, was so good yeah, as Marvin. Yeah. So good. Right. He did humans are irrelevant in a compelling the farce of it all is what makes it compelling yeah. at the same time. Like the old line, it's funny because it's true. Right. Yeah. Finally, there's a book. We're laughing, gut busting laughing, because mm-hmm. we recognize that Adams nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. it. Like, in yeah. reality, we're pretty insignificant. Right. The <laughs> planet would be demolished to make way for a highway. Like, you know, yeah. like we kind of deserve that fate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if it's not true, it should be true. <laughs> right down to the fact that, well, we've had the plans on file for public display. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For years. You've had like yeah. you know, 500 years to object yeah. to this. Right. <laughs> Clerical error. Yeah. That was supposed to be Mars. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, thank you. That has been this week's episode of Church in Space. In 3D! Man, they don't even need me anymore. Hey, Drew? Yeah? Actually, this time I got to ask you, did did you remember to bring your self-esteem? Yeah? Did you bring the towel? Darn it! No. Now I'm going to panic. Okay. It has the words, don't panic, printed in large, friendly letters on its cover.